what do you want to talk about today <laughs> besides that yeah updates what, what what is there to talk about i um we could talk about like the layperson epidemiologist situation uh, well actually could we first talk talk about the progress of your off of your uh office oh sure yeah we, Have we i don't even know if we've talked about that no no and i would like to okay i would like to yeah i'm not sure do we want to talk do we want to do like a status update i mean i guess we could take stuff from what we just talked about or we could like we could just start over i think yeah 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 let's do so we can do some status updates for our listeners okay do you want to do you want to start or should i start uh why don't you start and i can gather my right. thoughts okay yeah I, I feel like uh, I'm very lucky and I'm very aware of that right now. So, like, I don't have kids and, you know, it's kind of like me and my cat in an apartment. I moved recently and I got an apartment with, like, separate rooms, more separate rooms than usual. And they're, like, really tiny. But as a result, I have a separate office. And um, I already had it set up for podcasting. My job is, you know, secure and can be done remotely. I have a little back porch even. So like my situation is about as as good as it could be. Not to say that I'm not having some cabin fever, although we're joking, like grad school did actually prepare me for long stretches of time alone in my apartment with just my work. Uh, so for better it's or not for actually that. Yeah, it's not actually that unusual. So, you know, my like yeah, I'm aware of how lucky I am, and I, you know, I just, I feel so much for other people who are not in that situation. Also, my family's healthy right now, um, and good. my parents are taking it seriously, which is really, I think that's, like, a big struggle for millennials, but I'm super lucky that both my parents are taking it really seriously, so. Yeah. I go onto Twitter, and my life, like, feel. Twitter's like my main stressor, aside from like work stress, you know, work is stressful. Just the obviously. usual stress, yeah. Well, I, yeah, kind of, not totally. Like, you know, retail is like obviously like heavily impacted by this situation. So it's not just like work as usual. Work is definitely stressful, but Twitter is definitely the biggest, ch- like, <laughs> I definitely have had like moments where I'm on there all the time and then other moments where I'm just like, I can't, like, I have to stop. So. Yeah. Yeah. All the stresses that other people have with like kids or, you know, like big families or people in their lives who are going out and risky. Like, I'm just not experiencing that. So, yeah, don't worry about me. (laughs) I always worry about you, Hillary. Regardless (laughs) of the reasons. Yeah. (laughs) Worry about me for the normal reasons of like my. Sanity, not like no need for extra worry. No need for extra worry, but yeah. yeah, no. I just, I just so it's. I feel so awful. Like I was reading a paper last night just about like the decision making that hospitals are gonna have to go through of like how to ethically ration life saving care, and it's like it's so easy to read that and not be emotionally affected when you're like not at risk, right? And then. If you had someone you loved who was sick, I mean, it would be infuriate. You couldn't even look at that paper. You know what I mean? Right, yeah. And I thought about tweeting it out, and then I just couldn't figure out how to phrase that without, like, being a jerk, you know, of, like, if you're not at risk, this is an interesting way about how we'll choose who lives and dies. Like, Right, yeah. 
But it is interest. It is interesting, but you can kind of only engage with it if you're like very lucky, you know. Right. You're just you're just very distant from it, or seemingly distant from it. Yeah, like I can like intellectually. I don't. I don't get like hooked. You know, like it's not an emotional hook for me yet. But I mean, who knows, right? And like, I definitely worry. I mean, I'm I'm like super. <laughs> the other thing I was thinking, I'm super vigilant. I just think that's my personality type. Like. I feel like this year, I've had a few things happen this year where I've learned that I just go into like a very uh, matter of fact survival mode where it's just like, do, 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 here's what happens next. And like, this is what you do. And kind of like, don't, don't panic as much. Like, it's nice. Like, I don't know. It's, I mean, who knows? You never know until you're like on the battlefield what you'll actually do. But <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. The other thing is that I have this like Midwestern tendency to hoard. That's a Midwestern thing. Yeah. Well, okay. I don't know. It's. I was. I was thinking about this. How to phrase it? It's not due to worrying about. Like, I've actually mentally tried to like undo this, where it's like, listen, I have like bodegas nearby. I don't need to, like, buy in bulk to, like, save money, you know? Like, I, it's just, like, I don't, like, it would, my life would probably be more sane if I could just be, like, oh, I ran out of Advil. Let me get, like, a small new thing of Advil. <laughs> but, like, I just can't. It's just, like, hard to undo that, like. So I end up buying, like, big containers of things and storing them. And so, like, I had, like, a huge thing of hand sanitizer already because, I was unwilling to buy just, like, little containers of it. <laughs> I was like, no, I'm going to have a little container and refill it with my, like, huge container. That's right. And I had to, like, have a rule with myself that I can only stockpile, like, a year of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, can you say, give me an example of something of which you have a year's supply? Oh, like, uh, Castile, Cast, is it Castile soap? Like... Oh, okay. Something like that. I remember in grad school, I there was like a sale on it, and I bought like five huge bottles. <laughs> so you just, you just hoard all the time is what happens, is what you're talking about. Yeah. like that. So it's just like I, ha- I like moved with that multiple times. Like it was like you don't go – I don't go through that soap very fast. And so it's like I had to make a rule of like I can only stock up a year so that I don't have to like move with stuff that I've stocked too much of. Yeah. Does that make sense? It, 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 I mean, yes and no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. I, I already knew it wasn't rational, but I just, like, couldn't undo it. And now I never will. Like, like this is – because, like, I was more ready. Like, I had two uh, reusable masks. Like, I had one surgical mask that was reusable and one N99 mask that was reusable. I didn't have to, like – worry about i mean the n99 you know whatever but like the surgical the reusable surgical mask will be like very useful like it's like people you know everyone's like grandparents who went through the depression yep yep yeah like i'm gonna be that person now where it's like well this is gonna be seared into your memory and like (laughs) decades from now you'd be like yes but do you remember that time i know exactly like i was giving toilet paper to other people (laughs) right yeah so i uh i didn't participate in the hoarding food stuff because i (laughs) already had my stock (laughs) you you (laughs) pre-hoarded i mean not really i have a small fridge so but like 
That's the only thing I've hoarded since. And I hoard is not the right word, but I just like I went to the grocery yesterday, which is like going into like a rationing World War Two thing in San Francisco. Is it really? You have to stand in line like and the line is like six, you know, six feet distance. And they were letting people in like one at a time. And then stuff was rationed at the grocery um, to some degree, not like a huge amount, but like toilet paper was. <laughs> I like don't anyway. Yeah, that's not something I've actually participated in for other reasons. <laughs> but like, I, um, I when I was there, I got a bunch of frozen fruit, like more than usual, because I was just like, if I have the frozen fruit, I actually don't have to come back for a while because I can get my fresh fruit at like a local bodega. Oh uh, uh, yeah, okay. Yeah, so I just was like, okay, I got like three packets of everything that I usually get one packet of. So your optimization algorithm kicked in. Yeah, no, and it's like, yeah, I'm always. <laughs> I remember talking to Jeff Leak about this in grad school. Like, I optimize the wrong things, like no question. <laughs> like focusing on like you know coupons or whatever. I used to be like true mood west, like coupon cutter, blah blah. Like I've kind of stopped that, and but um. It's like, oh, great. I spent all this mental energy on, like, saving 20 bucks instead of working on my dissertation. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, that's the point to some degree. So, yeah. yeah. But I can't say there's – I haven't seen any, like, signs of panic here. Um, but uh, mm. definitely I think paper towels and toilet paper are in high demand. Yeah. Um, but um, – There's tons of signs of panic here for sure. Really? I, although – I haven't been to the grocery in a week, so maybe now, a week later, it's like, you know, total panic. But Yeah. The last time I went, I, the last time I went to the grocery was like the day that they announced shelter in place. And that, oh, was, kind, okay. that was kind of madness. Like, yeah. Yeah. Um, but now it's better because they're doing like one person at a time going in. So it's not like crazy in there. But the only other thing that I'm like having to control is like, being mad at people who aren't doing the social distancing and like yeah like in the grocery there would just be people like standing like st you know not getting out of the way and not like worrying about being close to people and you i'd like give them a dirty look and like walk be like ugh, i have to walk away from this because you're being inconsiderate you know <laughs> yeah does it work no, <laughs> no. the dirty look doesn't work no <laughs> Because, like, if you're doing that, you already are, like, don't, you're, like, a, you know, your emotional state is that you're not really impacted by, like, other people. <laughs> That's true, yeah. <laughs> so, it's, like, yeah, an extra dirty look. They're just, like, oh, what's that person's problem? Like, Yeah. So, anyway, so that's the Shay Hillary, you know. That's my situation. Yeah. So, like I said, I mean, it, it gives me more, like, space for, like, empathy for other people you know like when you're not in survival mode yourself you can so i just oh my god i mean i think about people with like huge family or like people who are in like bad home situations it's just like unthinkable you know what i mean like oh my god you're like trapped at home with like yeah. an abusive spouse or something and it's tough yeah, yeah. So. so how are you yeah like we are saying there's like two types of people. There's people with kids and people without kids. That's right. And we have both. 
Yeah, we got both represented. <laughs> uh, you know, we're taking it one day at a time here. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, you know, and then even amongst you know, in the spectrum of people who have kids, is like there's one kid, and then there's plus more than one kid. That's true. You know, having one kid is a category all its own. I think when we've talked about that even before this. It's yes. Like, yeah. 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 It's not linear growth in difficulty. No. Yeah. I mean this. <laughs> <laughs> exponential growth uh, applies to you know epidemic cases and also like complexity of child management yeah <laughs> there's interaction effects yeah yeah so um yeah i mean so my son was supposed to be on spring break last week anyway and so mm-hmm. actually his spring break just ended um mm-hmm. so his school is they're like transitioning to you know distance learning basically how this is a question i have for you and for parents in general it's like how seriously are you taking like homeschooling well i wasn't taking it seriously at all last week because he was on spring break (laughs) (laughs) so he wouldn't have learned anything anyway yeah yeah so we're only just starting you know so Mm -hmm. we'll just i mean we'll see that's what it comes down to but there's all this stuff about like i i was such a grade person like i was like very utilitarian in school where doing work outside of where I got grades like just didn't happen like I like I really wanted A's and I was like worked super hard to get them but I wasn't I always thought about this like there's the people who who are like intellectually curious (laughs) and just like I'm gonna do this extra work because it's fun and like and I was like not one of them and I was like hmm maybe I shouldn't have gone to grad school You needed a framework and a structure. <laughs> yeah, I needed like a, a fake ladder to climb. You know what I mean? But um, well, I mean that was probably true in like high school, right? Uh, well, yeah, but also college. Well, I'm just saying that like my son's in fourth grade. You know, he doesn't even get grades. So oh yeah, that's true. But like knowing that like like all the infrastructure of incentive is like out the window because I know that. I mean, in a lot of places, they're like, yeah, do this work, but, like, it may not even factor, like, all the kids are going to next grade or, like, everything. Like, it seems like people are getting mixed messages about, like, do this, but also it doesn't matter, but also do it. In school, you mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I would say that, I mean, I think one thing about his school, which is nice, is that, like, in elementary school, they don't really, like, they don't do any of that, really, because nothing really counts. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so Mine wasn't like that i thought i started getting grades by first. no no many ele- most elementary schools are not like that i would say i think okay yeah yeah uh but his school for you know it's just the way that they do they, they basically they delay that until you know middle school ish mm-hmm. um and then it ramps up pretty quickly i see so but they basically you know it's kind of like they want the kids to like to, to like enjoy school for a little while <laughs> Mm-hmm, <laughs> I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there's no, no real but home- Roger, what if you enjoy the validation of a good grade? <laughs> well, those kids don't make it, I guess. <laughs> I don't I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I guess you can't you can't find that out, I guess. Oh, yeah, I mean, that's a good point. I can't really find that out in this case. No, I, I think it's definitely emotionally healthier to, like, not get a kid into that mindset. <laughs> Yeah. Well, I you know honestly, some kids leave the school. So I'd say, like, my son goes to a private school. So some mm-hmm. kids leave the school because of that. Yeah, I would pro- honestly. I think I don't know if it was the way that whatever social dynamic and structured. I getting good grades is like really important to me. Too important. Like I almost like 
I'm kind of mad that people, like, teachers weren't like, hmm, this is, like, seems too important to Hillary. You know what I mean? Right, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Instead, it was like, wow, Hillary's such a good student. It was like, wow, Hillary, like, balls if she gets, like, an A- minus on a test. <laughs> But um, anyway. <laughs> so what was uh, yeah? So the point is that I don't know what the distance learning is going to look like. It sounds like they're gonna yeah, you know, it's gonna be it kind of be in bursts. Like they're gonna have video chats mm-hmm. with the teacher and things like that. But it's mm-hmm. not like gonna be an all day affair. So um, right, we'll have to I'll have to make up with it. I'll have to make up for it with like YouTube videos and stuff. You know. Well, you have a kid who like makes enjoys making rockets or like. It seems like you guys have like fun projects that you do. Yeah, but you know that kind of only goes so far. You know? <laughs> and it's like at some point you might need to learn something. I don't know. I mean, yeah, we'll see. I mean, I'm not like super worried because he's only in fourth grade. But mm-hmm. um, if you were in high school, I feel like it'd be a different story. You know? Oh my god! I mean, so high school would have been a disaster for me because it would have been like the only thing that I understood in the world was like the. F- you know, the paradigm of grades and progression and all that. And I, you know, I was like, kids in high school are smart enough to realize when that is not true anymore. Sure. And so I would have like been hyper resentful about that paradigm going away. And I probably would have just like gone on strike, you know, and been like, none of this (laughs) matters. Like, what am I doing? You know? Right. But, What's the but point? I wouldn't yeah. have been a jerk kid going out. I would have stayed in, you know, because I'm a rule follower. But I know people. I have like kind of extended family, like like step kind of like step family situation where there's high school kids who are just like going out, like they don't care, you know, and hanging out with friends. And that that's so hard to deal with right now. I and it's hard because like you know his his parents aren't young and like. One of his parents is pretty old, like in his, I think he's like 60 at least. And um, it's just like, oh my God, like, you know, you just, but their brains aren't developed enough to like, you know, like it, it, it's not just like they're jerks. It's like literally you haven't developed the capacities necessarily to be able to think about consequences like that. Well, consequences beyond yourself, right? I mean- right. Yeah. It's like. It's not just that they're jerks. <laughs> That's probably part of it. But it's also yeah. like your brain is still developing and like, you know. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And like, like you need kids to be like that because they need to like leave the nest. You know, they have to want to take risks. Like, right, right. Just not, not not right now. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> can you be like functioning like a paranoid 45-year-old for a little while before like coming yeah. back to like, you know, adventure some 17-year-old? But Right. Exactly. Is there a switch we can just flip temporarily? Yeah. But that would have been, oh my God, that would have infuriated me. So. Yeah. How, how is it with your son though? So like a fourth, or a fourth grader who... Like, is he a rule follower? Does he understand, like, you can't play with friends right now and all that? Yeah, he's um, he's a pretty solid rule follower, I would say. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I think not playing with friends you know, didn't really bother him that much. <laughs> he's kind of, well, only children are, like, used to being alone a lot. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, so. It's like, and, like, we, you know, we live in a kind of suburban area, so, like, we can, like, go out and walk to the park and not encounter a single person, you know? Mm-hmm. So That's it's, nice. uh, it, so we can get out a little bit, you know, and, and we have a yard and whatnot, so. Mm-hmm. But, so, another question 
how much I've thought about this too. Like, how much are you trying to like sterilize your home and keep each other from not infecting one another? That's a good question. Because uh, your wife is still going now because she's a vet. She, it, that's right. So uh, we do kind of mostly in the kitchen. Basically, we do kind of wipe things down periodically, you know, every day, basically. Um, so I can't say we've gotten we've gotten super out of our way, but yeah. yeah. Well, it's, it seems like that to me seems most challenging. I realize like people stocking up on Lysol and stuff. It's like, oh, right, because you have to clean your home, like if you're yeah, with yeah. other people. And... So yeah, I mean, we we definitely do it more than we <laughs> more than we used to, which was never <laughs> or almost never. <laughs> I have all this like hippie cleaning stuff. Like I really, I had these like wipes, and I was talking. I do have a. I live in a like a old Victorian, so there's like a few other people, a few other like households. And we share, like, a laundry area and stuff. And so I was talking to them, and I was like, I left some wipes out, you know, of my stock, like, of my, like, <laughs> of my, like, four. I left one of them down there. And then someone else replied. They're like, oh, yeah, we have wipes, but they're not the right kind. And I was like, oh, shit. Like, Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Oh, no. And so I went down and was like, oh, yeah, mine are not. Mine's just, like, this, like, hippie, like, you know, <laughs> lots of essential oils and, like, I was like, oh, yeah. mine aren't either, but <laughs> I was able to find in the common area some pine soul, which is not on the list as, like, officially, but it feels, like, strong, so. Is there a list? I didn't realize that. Yeah, there's a few lists online of, like, officially approved to to kill coronavirus. Okay. Or, like, I don't know if kill is the right word for virus, yeah. but deactivate, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> But um, it's stuff like bleach and Lysol is the big one. I think that's why there's so much Lysol. I see. Yeah. Okay. So, but pine soul, it's like has a soul. <laughs> <laughs> I I think that correlates with like the chemical compounds in it somehow, right? Like whatever you say, whatever you say, I'm sure it's true. <laughs> I assume. Anyway, uh, so yeah, my my cleaning stuff would probably not be. I have this like probiotic cleaner where. Hmm. The way it cleans is that you, like, put good bacteria on your countertop, and it eats away the bad bacteria. Yeah. I'm uh, not sure about that. Yeah. <laughs> I don't really know either, but I feel like, I, I'm for someone who went to a school of public health, I'm like, well, the only thing that really matters is the wiping. Like, it doesn't matter, like, the agent within. <laughs> <laughs> the mechanical action, you mean? I actually think that, yeah, like the mechanic, I remember hearing once a guy who was like some sort of researcher for bacteria or something who was just like, eh, water's enough. Like, you just like have to like make sure you like rub it so that it comes off. <laughs> and that's like stuck in my head. It's like, okay, it's just the mechanical action. Well, hold on a second. But then how do you know you're doing that right? I, well, I don't. Oh, so the chemical is just like an insurance policy, really. Yeah, yeah. But, like, if you subscribe to, like, the probiotic world, you know, it's like, I kind of, I'm kind of of the mind for, like, average cleaning that, like, I'm, I'm okay with, like, the no soap revolution. Okay. (laughs) But this is different. Like, that, that's, that's, like, for normal times, you know? But now it's like, no, 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 but I want to kill this one thing for sure. And I'll take out everything around it, you know. But 
had I had like a, like if I was living with a nurse or something, then I would definitely have to stock up on Lysol. So I would have been part of the panic buying there. Yeah. Yeah, because I don't think my like probiotic counter spray would like cut it. <laughs> no. Yeah. Now you want like the nuclear bomb, right? Yeah. Of, of cleaners, basically. How do you think? Like. Do you think I, – I keep thinking about the fact that I think the public health practices are going to be better for, like, for a generation now. <laughs> it's possible. Like, I think like, it's possible that the hand-washing thing never goes away. Well, and, like, white – like, I'm all of a sudden so aware – like, at, at work, there's, like, a fridge, and everyone is opening that fridge all the time. And I'm right. like – Oh my god! In the future, I'm just not. I'm gonna wipe that down like myself, you know. And it doesn't. I'm not just gonna be okay opening that fridge anymore. Like I'm so much more aware of like right. All the, like the single points of contact, you know. Yeah, like the share. I was at the DMV. I that was the other panic thing I had to do was like I needed. I lost my license, and so I was like, oh no, I need to get that like before it closes so i had to go there and like it was um and it was like i was i was mad i was like oh man we are already like clearly like all the companies had started work from home it was like the friday before shelter in place which happened the next monday and it was just so crowded and like you saw like lysol wipes around but they weren't using them (laughs) and like this pen you know you have to like use one of those pens like that's like attached to it. Yeah. And yeah. I was like, oh my God. Like every time I use it, I was like hand sanitizer. And then later I was like, oh man, I like could have been leaving my own germs on there. Like I, I should have been wiping before and after. Um, and I thought about being like, can you hand me those wipes? Like <laughs> I need those since you're not wiping this down. Uh, but I, I feel like I'm never going to be okay with that. Like I was like, okay, can I now it's like, I'm constantly trying to change the system, right? So I'm like, okay, can I carry a pen with me? I have, I actually have a pen that, um, it's like, you have to do a fair amount to get, like, the ink part to come out. You have to, like, kind of construct it almost. It's like a little travel pen. And so I was like, okay, when it's not in travel mode, I can use it for, like, the e-reader stuff. And then when it is in travel mode, I can use it, uh... Or when it when I do like make the pen, I can use it if I need to like sign a receipt. And I was like, can I just have this in my pocket all the time? I never have to like touch one of those gross pens again. Hang on a second. What makes a travel pen different from just a pen? It's like two parts, and you have to like take the parts apart and like flip one one eighty degrees and put it back together. What is the advantage of that? It's harder for the ink part to come out, I guess. You mean like to to get like to get like ink on stuff? Yeah, like if you just had a normal clicky pen, you can like click it in your bag easily, and then you have. What about like a pen that has like a cap? Well, <laughs> that works too. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so confused right now. I don't know. This is like a pretty pen. I'm not gonna lie. This is like an expensive like mickey moto pen i don't know if you know it's like has a little pearl on it okay i need <laughs> so, a picture i can send in the show notes i got it on ebay i don't want to i don't know mickey moto yeah it's a it's like a pearl company so oh. it has like a tiny pearl on it so this is like i assume this is like 
of like a rich lady pen. Like like this is like got it. Rich people ha- like only use these types of pens. But it like folds. Yeah, kind of. It it's more like it com- there's two parts and you like pull them apart and then flip oh. and then the pearl like the pearl actually like pushes the ink part out. Hmm. But okay. then usually the pearl's on the other end, so it's like anyway. I don't know. I just I was like, ooh, but I seem like really classy with this pen, and I don't know. It's like an impulse purchase on eBay. Because <laughs> <laughs> like when you asked, like, is it possible for you to carry a pen around? I was like, yeah, people, everybody does that. Everybody has a pen. well, but men are so. You have like pockets. No, I think what well, like you have a well. If you carry like a purse, how can you not have a pen? All good questions. Okay. <laughs> so this is like again like. Mom, I don't know. I feel I feel like my like paranoid mom, but I'm not paranoid. I'm just like I don't know. I'm kind of proud of myself. Like I just feel like I face the music. You know what I mean? I'm like okay. I have like a little packet with me that I move from purse to purse, and that has like hand sanitizer and like a you know kind of like a, a kerchief if you will, yes. or like and like I don't know like toothpicks and like some extra. Like some Advil and like extra meds in case I need them, and um, <laughs> where, but, okay, like, but a, like like a deodorant wipe, like in case I like forget deodorant. Where, but then, where are you going now? Like, you're, where are you going? Just like to work and stuff. I don't know. I just like want it with me. Oh, oh you mean like in general, not like right now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I just like have this like little pouch that I move from purse to purse. So I didn't finish my thought there. The thought was that. You don't always have your, like, like, I don't know. I have different purses, so I don't always have my pen with me. Fair enough. Yeah. Fair enough. And yes. so this, this like, one fancy pen kind of, like, lived in my work purse. And I, I just, like, never – I the point is I can actually move it to my little packet, and then I'll have it all the time. Okay. Uh, Got but it. it's, like – there's like zippers and I'd have to like open my purse and unzip. It's that's the thing. It's just so mindless to like use the pen that's attached. True. But now I'm like thinking about it for the first time of my life where it's like, oh, yeah. And so that's one of the habits I was like, I want to break this habit of using the shared pen cuz this is like pretty easy to break. I already have the materials <laughs> like based on this eBay buy. And so I can just do it. And, like, it won't be a big deal. But even then, I just realized at the grocery yesterday I used the share pen. I didn't even think of that, like, until now. So, <laughs> Well, it was nice knowing you. <laughs> Wait, because I'm going to die from the pen or just because you're so, like, weirded out by how parent, like, my, like, weird mom system stuff that... It's not clear. I don't know. <laughs> Do you have anything like this, or is this just... I can't say that I do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I may be worse off for it, so I, I accept no, that. No, probably, you're probably better off. So you're saying that you just buy things when you need them, and you don't have... Like, if you have a day where you, like, forget deodorant or something, you don't, like, go out and buy individual wipes and, like, add them to your emergency pack not really no yeah yeah well you know i have an example of how i've suffered as a result okay well you and i discussed this yesterday which is that like i don't have an ethernet cable for my home oh yeah <laughs> no we did and i could like mail you one i have like three or four right because you are prepared and yeah. i am not 
I have, yeah, no, it's true. Although, I will say with that one, I actually sometimes do get rid of that stuff. Like, the reason I have so many is because I've had different needs. <laughs> As my hard wiring needs increase, the length of my Ethernet cord needs increase. <laughs> okay. And so I had to, like, keep buying another one because the one I had wasn't long enough. So... In another world, I would have gotten rid of those because it's like, okay, I do not need... I'm not the person who wants to have, like, a closet full of cables, you know? Right, yeah. But I just never got to that, so... <laughs> well, I'm going to need, like, a spool of Ethernet cable because, like, I have to go from my basement to the second floor. So oh, yeah, like... I can't help you there. So. <laughs> yeah. But I did um, set up, like, a mesh network. I I am set. I have, to I ha- say. well, I have that too, but it, the second floor is way weaker. Yeah, um, it's that's just hard. Uh, so right now. That's why I'm in this. Like, I don't think I, I don't know if I mentioned this, but I'm in the, uh, I'm in like the side room on my first floor because the speed is just better here. But it's not heated, so I'm just you know. But luckily, it's not like super cold today. So, oh yeah, we never talked about my office setup. That's right. So yeah, because I don't think people know what's going on with your office. Yeah, so, well, hopefully people have noticed the sound quality's improved, I yes. assume. Hopefully, that was the whole point. But, so, yeah, I have this, like, tiny office. I mean, it's really, like, the room's about the size of, like, a king bed. Like, it is not big. Um, but it's I'm probably a little bigger, but not much. And um, I, but, so this was something newish. Like, I used, I'm, I'm glad this, this whole coronavirus thing didn't happen, like, three years ago, because... I usually, up until now, I've, like, tried to live in really small studios um, just because I was, like, I can do it. It's cheaper. Like, I was kind of, like, on board with, like, the tiny house type thing, um, which I've since kind of abandoned because I was, like, I think that might have been too hard. (laughs) (laughs) And San Francisco is different than New York. Like, there's more, like, it's... Apartments are expensive, but you can get bigger apartments, you know? Yeah. Um, And so... Yeah, like, I started to, I prioritized having, like, a little office, uh, and so, I mean, that's why I fell in love with this apartment, because there's actually two of these tiny rooms, like, and because of that, it's, it's sort of, like, a one-bedroom, but it actually has five rooms, you know, so it's like, oh, perfect, and, um, so I set up one of them as an office, but what I didn't think about was the fact that it's, like, tiny and hard walls and, like, high ceiling, so it's super echoey. Um, and I did notice that the podcast wasn't sounding great, but I didn't really think about why. So I don't know why. It, it was after coronavirus started, but it was before it was clear that things were going to get so bad in the U.S. I decided, like, now's the time to, like, make my home office better actually it was our interview with jj that like started this oh right because he had like a the booth in his uh in his office yeah yeah like he had a really nice sound muting situation yeah and i was like okay i can do that like you know it was like i was already i already realized that the echoiness was the problem and like it was kind of the straw that broke the camel's back so I brainstormed what to do because uh, I didn't just want, like, like foam. You know what I mean? I, I didn't want it to be, like, ugly. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And so I found these, like, audio muting panels online that you could actually, like, choose a Sherman Williams paint color. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> to like color them. Like there's like really fancy ones. I mean, they have stuff like art prints. Like, it, it's actually like a very robust industry. <laughs> but what are they made of? It's kind of like a dense like foam. It almost looks like compressed cardboard or something, but it's lighter than that. It's yeah. solid. So it's not like spongy like foam. It's like a little spongy. Like you can definitely, it's spongy, but not super spongy. And you're not supposed to like sponge it. Right, (laughs) right. (laughs) Don't put it underwater and try to clean your dishes with it. Got it. (laughs) But it's painted too, so you don't want to like crack. I don't know. But it's painted, but you can still see the sponginess. You know, it's like like a light, a light coat. Um, Anyway. So it's like this weird composite material, but they're pretty light. And I have a picture rail, so I actually could just like hang it from the picture rail. So I made, I bought some of those for like right, like I face the wall. And so I put those where I face. And then behind me, I was like getting all Etsy, you know, Pinteresty about it. And I saw that there was a bunch of um, like people were suggesting like moss walls as a, an audio muting type material that you could explore. <laughs> what, what people were suggesting this? I don't even, just like Google. I don't know. Okay. Google, Google people. people. Got it. Okay. Yeah. And um, I think like if you Google audio muting, like some, like I think people add them to their listing. So like the SEO results include some of these moss walls. Okay. Got it. And I already, so like, because this room is small, like, but like, you know, there's, like, a big white wall behind me. And so I already, like, didn't like how it looked in my, um, in my like, video calls. And, you know, I, do, I did a fair number before. And, like, there's, you know, I've spoken at online conferences and stuff. So I wasn't happy with that. But um, I had, and I had, like, my diploma up for a while, which, like, was just embarrassing. I was like, <laughs> I don't actually want this in my video call, but I need something for this wall and it was like one of the pieces of artwork like left over you know right yeah (laughs) so anyway the moss wall thing like started to captivate me and there and i wanted one that was really big like to cover basically the whole wall so i it was like weird yeah i was like live texting you like this idea came upon me to like make it myself and then I just, like, had to do it. It was, like, that day. I was, like, at the hardware store. Yeah. I was getting pictures of, like, raw material. Yeah. <laughs> and so I, uh, at first I thought I would buy some, like, audio muting material and paste, like, glue moss. Like, preserve. you can buy preserved moss. It's, like, it's like very clearly moss that was, like, just harvested. <laughs> right. That, like, there's still, like, twigs and, like, bark and stuff attached and dirt but they kind of just like dip it in i think like glycerin or something you know like they dip it in something that like preserves it i think they dye it usually or like do you know enhance the color and then you can buy it in like these sheets or you know like bundles or whatever like packets um so i bought i found like a wholesaler on etsy i bought a bunch and then i bought I talked to the hardware person a lot and finally decided on, like, a very thin piece of plywood. It was, like, six feet by four feet. Um, and I – and then some cork, like that, you know, those, like, thin sheets of cork. So 
and then a hot glue gun, which I never owned before, but kind of always wanted. <laughs> now so. you're ready to build, yeah. Yeah, and so it was like, and then I had also this like new dye. I don't like a not a dye, but like a a finish that I was really into. A friend suggested it. It's called uh, Rubio Mono Coat. It's kind of like an oily natural finish you can use. Um, that's like rough. Anyway, so I have a bunch of samples of it because I I like went nuts on it and like like refinished like my I have kind of like this bar thing like a coffee bar so anyway I was like already going nuts with it and I was like ooh, I can use that so I kind of like sanded down the plywood and applied this on the edges so it kind of looks like a frame and then like glued the cork on top of it and then glued the moss on the cork and so now I have this like ridiculous six foot like moss wall as my backdrop (laughs) You know, can you send me like a good picture of that? Because if you do, I can make it like the art for the uh, podcast, like the show art for the podcast player and so people can see it. Perfect. Yes, I will absolutely sign my wall. Well, I'm not done with it yet because I bought like a bunch of preserved flowers to like, like Um... I I, I did a lot of research. I feel like such a jerk. This is like what Etsy people hate, but I like did a lot of research on Etsy about design. Right. (laughs) I decided I like the ones where I don't want like fakes. I don't want plastic, but I wanted like moss and then stuff on top of the moss. Like it was either going to be like just one color of moss, like really uniform or like an intricate design. And so I decided to go with the design stuff. So I have like a whole box of different flowers and I'm going to like, it's like taking flowers, like taking pictures of flowers at like the park to see how they like look. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I'm gonna like, like make a field of like wild flowers behind me. Okay. Um, not a field, but like I want to like artfully enhance, you know. I see. Anyway, so that's like a very long-winded. I've I have one side that's like actually audio muting, <laughs> and then behind me I have something that like also dampens sound. Oh, and I also bought a Japanese obi. I don't know if you do. You know what that is? No, I don't. It's kind of like a like a decorative belt. Um, okay. And like I have to say, the the market for Japanese kimono and obi and stuff is like really good because uh, I think in Japan, like if you go to Japan, you can buy like a silk kimono for like a hundred dollars, um, which is not how much they are. A used one, like new ones are expensive, but the used ones, I think there's just a lot around like like the um, spirituality of objects where people don't want to like buy used kimonos or okay and so you can actually get it for cheap so then i also bought this like long decorative ob on etsy uh like a used one and like have that hanging so it's like there's a lot of soft stuff on my walls now i have like real material where it matters most and then i have like decorative material that probably helps tiny amount everywhere sound doesn't stand a chance in your office now it is dead on arrival yeah, although it still is better in my walk-in closet. That's what I'm using the other room for. Uh, and, like, there's part of me that was like, yeah, I did all this, but I could have just moved my podcast setup to, like, the closet, and it would have been better. Just, like, face my wall of clothes. <laughs> but then you would have had to, nah, because then you would have had to, like, rearrange things every time you wanted to use your closet. And... Exactly. No, and, like, I want right. my closet to be, like, my special, like closet space i don't exactly. want it to be like a hybrid yeah like the whole point yeah. of having two tiny rooms was for them to like be specialized so yeah. i'm a fan of like having separate spaces for separate activities 
I mean, it's such a luxury. Again, that's why I'm like, I'm so lucky because I know a lot of people are like working, you know, in these crazy situations. And, you know, like there was some photo, it was like a couple that lived together in a studio. And one woman was like at the, like next to her front door in a chair with like a laundry bin as her desk. Right. Yeah. (laughs) And it's like, so, I mean, and it's like, I don't know, for some reason, a couple years ago, it was like, let me really like, you know, professionalize my work at home space because I have work at home once a week and like there's no reason like let me just make this look better and so I have my like alien chair (laughs) which is very ergonomically sound like it's it's like my ergonomic setup could not be better I got a little bit of like RSI in my wrist like uh last year a couple years ago so I I like had like I consulted with someone and I got like the whole setup like pretty good (laughs) so like for me this is just couldn't be a better situation not and I'm not trying to brat like I just am trying to be like my emotional tone is like I'm aware of the fact that I have all this stuff going for me that like many people don't so I don't want people to think that I'm like this is easy like it's just like no 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 I get that this is not easy and I get like all the factors that made this easy for me, you know. It's like although it's worth just mentioning again that like it's not like you started doing this yesterday, right? Like you have been because you have a work from home regular thing, right? So exactly, yeah. No, it was like a regular thing. It's been a lot of time to iterate. I guess is what I meant to say. Yeah, I've iterated a lot. Like it started with me on a laptop in the lobby of my building, which because I was in a studio where I consciously was like, I don't want a desk. Like, I don't want to work from home ever. (laughs) That has changed. (laughs) (laughs) And because of that, I spent like a couple of years building out my gear. But right. So this is the result of a years long process. Exactly. Yeah. But having the separate space is, is the biggest, the biggest win by far. Like that's such a, that's such a help. Yeah. But anyway, I went along, I went on for like, a lot. Do you, what's your what's your work from home setup? My setup is uh, well, you know, you know the irony is that like I tried to I created this office. We have like an extra bedroom in our house, so I just I use I kind of created it as like a little office because mm-hmm. I was like I'm gonna work from home more often because I need to get certain things done and it's better to do it at home. And then like I, I know, never... that's the irony. All the work from home is because you do more work at home. Like <laughs> that's right. why it's so important. Yeah. <laughs> well. I wouldn't say I do more. I just do certain kinds of work better at home. Um, yeah. And but the irony there is that like I never did like I never <laughs> like I never actually did it. <laughs> yeah, right. You set it up but never <laughs> Right, and then like almost never used it. So um so now it's getting a real the equivalent of signing up for a gym but never going. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I was gonna work out my mind and then it never never went to the gym. Never happened. Um, so anyway, I mean, we're lucky because uh, we do have an extra room. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, it's uh, it's and so for the most part, it's it's fine. But it's not. I wouldn't say it's. I haven't put the years of research and effort into it like you have, and so it's not like mm-hmm. particularly ergonomic. Yeah, that's the lucky. To me, that's the luckiest thing is like yeah. having an ergonomic setup. I think a lot of people are in like physical pain right now. Oh yeah, because if you just use like regular house chairs or whatever, like it's it's not good. Um, yeah. But um, one thing I do have though critical is a microphone stand though, so <laughs> I don't have to worry about that. Me too. That was like podcast 
Once I got the home office, that was like the thing I was most excited about was like a <laughs> microphone stand. Instead of, I used to have to like take everything out. I had like my little box with like all the podcast, like an Ethernet cord. And right, right. Like yeah. set it up and I would record in like my living room or something. Yeah. Yeah. So the only problem, I think, I, and I can't remember if we, <laughs> if we recorded this, but uh, the, the network in the like that room in the house is not particularly fast. So yeah, um, I mean, that's like, that's like thing number one you have to solve. That's uh, yeah. how we know you weren't serious. Exactly, right? Because I didn't even notice that the network was that good. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Like, how could you not notice that? I don't... My last home office had a terrible network situation, and that's that's when I bought the longer Ethernet cord because I was like, "This is unacceptable," and I'm not going to figure out the Wi-Fi. Can I can I make one defense though? Sure. My my defense is that the kind of work that I would do at home would be one of two things. Usually, it's either writing papers, mm-hmm. uh, or like doing some like very complicated data analysis. Yeah, um, which usually we doesn't benefited. involve. Yep. It doesn't usually require any sort of network access. I figured that would be your defense, <laughs> and you reject it. No, I think it's. I I think that's valid. You know, you have like people who go to little cabins with no Wi Fi to write, but usually, I mean. As we know, coding is like half Googling Stack Overflow. <laughs> True. So you weren't able to do that part. Yeah, but I, that's but okay. There's enough internet. <laughs> there's enough bandwidth <laughs> to like Google and Stack Overflow. But yeah. um, there, if I were like downloading massive data sets or something like that, that would be a problem. Yeah. My issue was just that, yeah, when I work from home, every once in a while I'd have a video meeting and it wouldn't be good enough. So that was like Ethernet cord immediately. Um, right and that was actually learning from the podcast you know yeah 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 Yeah, i mean like i try not to do that when i'm working from home so it's not it doesn't usually come up um yeah but uh now that it's happening all the time i I have my bandwidth limitations have kind of smacked me in the face yeah anyway well you know we it's funny i feel like on this podcast we used to talk about like bandwidth limitations all the time but now we've kind of moved away from that yeah, because we figured out how that's, to we solved right. it. Yeah, yeah. Actually, I was just thinking about the first time I ran into this was actually because I had like a long distance relationship, and we were trying to video chat, and it was going horribly. And like, I solved that. Like, <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. And I, I learned so much because it was like, no, just in New York, the pat. There's so many like packets bouncing around that even if you had a good route like i bought a new router and that didn't fix it and like i tried everything and finally it was just like i think i just have to hardwire this like i don't think anything's gonna solve it and so i remember like drilling a hole there's like these like built-in bookcases and i had to like drill a hole to get the power to the right spot in Uh. order to (laughs) i felt kind of bad but i was also like this is like a benefit like it never made sense to have an outlet in just like one cubby of this built-in bookcase (laughs) um and so i remember i bought a drill and like learned how to drill a hole to like get the ethernet cord to the right spot and um it's all worth it yeah I felt like a pro. But anyway, since then, I was like the hardwire person. So Yeah. Yeah. Well, I've learned from you. <laughs> yeah. Is there, do you think that there's any data science topic that's worth discussing? I know. I was thinking about that, like in our last 20 minutes. Should we... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I feel like I want 
I'm not sure there's like that much interesting discussion here, but I do want to address like people kind of doing their own data analysis uh, for yeah. the coronavirus kind of outbreak. Um, which I maybe I've been, I feel like I've been a little too negative about it um, on Twitter. It's just, I mean, it's just easy to be negative right now. <laughs> Especially on Twitter. Yeah. But there's like, there is like something about doing that that I don't love. Like, it's almost like the psychology of doing it I don't love. Where it's like, not trusting experts and like, what are you seeking from this analysis? Like, are you seeking some version of like emotional reassurance? Cause like, that's not here. Like you shouldn't want that right now. Cause like there is a lot of uncertainty and this is a disaster. And like, like, are you looking to the data analysis to tell you that it's not a disaster? You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I think in this case, I mean, I think the situation is difficult for many reasons. And I think one of those is because it's like, there's nothing, there's very little active to do, you know? Um, and I think that people want to just feel like they're doing something, you know, it's like, so yes, I think the, I think what you're saying is right. Like you're, it, it kind of, people feel like the answer's got, there's going to be something that is discovered that is like the solves the whole problem or something like that, you know? Yeah. Well, and also I guess like, I think as a human, it would be better to like sit with that discomfort, you know, and like, like emotionally learn from it rather than spin your wheels on data analysis. Right. Like, yeah. Yeah. Like that's, that will end your suffering more right. than like keeping yourself busy. Um, so yeah, I guess like backing up, like the complaint I have about it in general is that like this a, like, this is, like, a very difficult data science problem to solve because the data, the missing not at random situation, and, like, you know, there wasn't enough testing, so it's kind of like the numbers we're getting are kind of useless because um, you can't necessarily, like, control for, like, who, you won't know as a layperson, like, who, what is the rationale of who's tested in all these various data points, um, and like, it's also like the state is changing and also there's like epidemiologists who are used to analyzing this type of data who you can look to. And then also to me, the answer was never in the data analysis. The answer of like, how bad is this going to be? was like looking at other countries and then looking at our response and being like, yep, our response is on par with Italy, not on par with like South Korea. Right. Know? Yeah. And so that's that. That answers the question and like this is going to happen and prepare for it. So to me, I just haven't even been looking at the numbers at all, basically. Yeah. Neither have I. Uh, I, do, I mean, that's not to say that like data is important. It's just not important to us. <laughs> yeah. It's like that no decision. I shouldn't be making decisions based on data. I should be making decisions based on public health experts. Should not be making decisions based on certain government officials, but well, <laughs> but I think there is a need. Obviously, there is a need for data and for information about what is going on at the highest levels. Um, exactly. Yeah, for sure. And those epidemiologists and like public health experts are being consulted in some parts of the government. Well, yeah, and they're doing the best they can. Yeah, they're doing the best they can. 
I, I do feel like where my training is most helpful is knowing who to listen to. That's, I think we talked about that in the last podcast too, but we did. I could, my brother was like blown oh, yeah. away by the fact that I was like, I told him, he ha, he like, I texted him. He was like planning on a trip in like April and I was like, that's not happening. And he was asking why I said that. And I just, I texted something like in two weeks, things are going to look really different than today. And then two weeks later, he was like, wow, my sister, PhD in biostat, like she called this. And I was like, I was just saying what other people said on Twitter. Like, it's not like I like (laughs) did the analysis and figured it out. It's just that it happened. Like, I also knew who was saying the right things versus who was just contributing noise. And that's huge right now. Um, yeah i think it's 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 huger now i think it's it's important in general though it's just uh it's important in general but right now it's like like snopes uh tweeted out recently they're just like we can't keep up with the number of things that we need to be investigating oh no i I think that was true before i mean they just can't keep up in general now like there's too many things i mean snopes predated social media right i mean yeah yeah that's a good point so like they're just not geared up for this kind of onslaught you know yeah so it's like so sad like the people who died from the how do you even i don't even know how to pronounce it like chloroquine or something chloroquine chloroquine yeah the people who died from chloroquine poisoning it's just like oh my god yeah like it's awful and yeah if you just have leaders who are like kind of like sociopaths, I don't know, like not exactly sociopaths, I don't think, but just like able to enter a mental state where other people like, like where they internally have the plausible deniability that it wasn't their fault. Right. Yeah. And like, yeah, like the stuff unfolding in New York is so awful. It's just like you can't even. Like having a leader who's like, well, they weren't nice to me, so yeah, that's fine. It's just like, oh my god, like you're like, yeah, it's like a sociopath. But I think it, it's like just being able to disconnect. Like, I do think Trump like cares a lot about what people think of him, but he's just able to like disconnect from a bunch of it, you know? Yeah, 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 yeah. Anyway. I mean, anyway. <laughs> Yeah, it's too depressing. Yeah. Stop. <laughs> we can uh, hang our hats on the whole hope that t- Tony, good old Tony Fauci, will be able to hang on there, right? I know, I know. I the thing I don't get is like, how are these people not getting sick? I don't know. Yeah. I guess just this morning, Prince Charles, the new like, there's news that Prince Charles got sick. Yeah. Yeah. Can you imagine if the Queen got sick? Well, I mean. <laughs> At this point, like, what is yeah. she like? What is she like? Ninety-seven or something like? She's got something. yeah. I mean, she's old. <laughs> I don't think quite ninety-seven. Ninety. She's ninety-something though, right? Yeah, she's in her nineties yeah. for sure. I thought she was more like ninety-three. But okay. All right. Well, there's anyway. such a big difference. Yeah. yeah. Anyway. <laughs> I feel like the, at this point, the queen it could be anything, right? But yeah, yeah. But man, if it, oh yeah, it, well that's the thing. I'm just like, do these people have access to like like. I mean, they just must be getting like top-notch healthcare. You know what I mean? You mean like the, the queen? Yeah, like the queen and all the leaders. Like, and and I think this this uh, paper I read about like the ethics of who to give um, care to, like 
there's a big part of it is like who's giving care to other people. So like healthcare workers are prioritized in terms of who gets access to like ventilators and things like that, which I think is appropriate because they're like, well, this is a way of maximizing the life years that are saved with one like ventilation session because then that person can go on to save. And so I feel like you could put leaders into that category to some degree because it's like, well, like losing leadership could cause chaos that will kill people. So keeping leaders healthy is like a way of extending the most number of life years. I don't know if life years is the right way of putting it. I think that's the term. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. yeah. So, but it's just like, how are these like older people like doing okay right now? (laughs) (laughs) I guess Prince Charles is sick. Yeah. yeah. That's the exception to your. uh... (laughs) Yeah. It's like, it's going to come along eventually. I just, I, I, there is a part of me that's curious about like what, what care would, you know, like Trump receive if he got sick? Like, there's got to be, like, a super special, like, here's how we keep the president alive. I'm sure the, I guess it's the Navy or whatever that, that, uh, that takes care of his health care. Uh, I'm sure they, oh, really? I'm sure there's yeah. some protocol there. Um, yeah. But, um, yeah, well, you know, you got people in the Senate now, so it's not like a... Yeah, you know, and those people well, are old. senators, you know, <laughs> Congress. Who cares? No, just kidding. <laughs> um, all right. Dime a dozen. No, I mean, yeah, that would be a disaster. I mean, yeah, losing leader. Oh, oh my God, it's just terrible. Yeah, I was going to say the answer to my question of whether there is any relevant data science to talk about is no. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, only don't do it. <laughs> just don't take a break for a while. <laughs> I mean, I think people are having such trouble focusing, which is. I mean, been true for me, although in different ways, I don't know, like in some ways, not, I mean, not nearly as much as for people with kids at home and everything. And then, like I said, I feel like, I mean, I feel like the mindfulness practice has helped a ton. And then, you know, the fact that I don't feel immediately threatened has helped a ton. So it's like, yeah, for in some ways, I'm actually still doing data science <laughs> at work. But uh, it is just, yeah. It's a crazy time right now. I'm not reading a lot of like layperson data science stuff right now. <laughs> I did have one reminder that the world does move on though, which is that um I had a paper rejected the other day. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. So not everything has ground to a halt. Yeah. I did oh my god. It was um Michael Eisen. Is that that's his name, yeah. right? Uh-huh. It's someone at Berkeley. Yeah. Uh was tweeting about like PIs who were like telling their like RAs and students to still come in um, to like the lab. Uh-huh. And that made me think all the terrible thoughts I think about academia, where it's just like <laughs> these narcissist professors, like, like it's so wrong to ask people to come into the lab like I get that it's gonna hurt your career but also kind of not because everyone understands like it I know that's not all academics but I also know that a subset of academics like a subset of people are that way but professors have so much control like like students can be so vulnerable to their professors and that just made me so livid yeah well yeah I mean I get that must have been a little while ago, you couldn't do that now. I mean, 
I'm not sure. I, I yeah, mean, it was maybe you, like like a week I can't ago. even get. They won't let you in the building now. Oh really? Yeah. Wow. They won't. They won't let also, you in the building unless you're doing like COVID nineteen research now. Wow. Yeah. yeah, that's a good point. So maybe the like the lockdown's getting more serious. Yeah, I mean, I think I don't think I could get into the building for like a week now, basically. So. Wow, that's okay. Because I was wondering when you were like, I can't get the dongle. I was like, yeah. can't you just go to work? All the yeah. equipment I need is in my office, including, you know, yeah. but uh, no, they're not, they're not letting people in. You didn't just take everything home? You know, I thought I did. Yeah. <laughs> Ouch. Uh, but forgot that it's always the sub doggle, right? Yeah. Always. That's true. Yeah. I have, the other thing that's hard is that I have stuff that I can't find. Like, I still have stuff. I mean, I feel like. I haven't officially unpacked in like seven years. You know what I mean? Like I still have stuff from like when I moved to New York. Like it's just it's not like I've ever been in a place long enough to be like I really settled. Like that'll never be true though. I mean, it's never true. Yeah, yeah. and like I feel terrible because I actually think I have a half pack of N95 masks from the last uh, the last wildfire. Um, before I got my reusable one, but I, I can't find them. And I'm like, oh, did I leave them in my last place? I like, I really thought I packed some, but I, I was like, I need to prioritize this weekend, just like stopping everything and looking for them so I can donate them. You think they're like in a box somewhere? I think they're in a box somewhere and I don't know which one. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, but how is it that you have all this storage space for these boxes? Like where, where is that? My building... I have some in the basement. So. Oh, I see. Okay. Yeah, and then I just I'm not I'm like a I'm like an all or nothing organizer. So when I move, I just have like bins with like stuff thrown in. It's not like oh kitchen stuff. Like it's just like chaos in those bins. So I have to like pull out literally everything and dig through. <laughs> and I and I don't even know for sure that I have them. Like I'm like. 90% sure, but I've also looked for them enough that I'm like, do I have them? Like, or did I leave them with someone? I, I just don't remember. So, yeah. Yeah. But the dongle situation for me is like that, where I know I have a nice dongle somewhere, but <laughs> I'm having to make do with like worse dongles, you know? <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> but I took home, apparently, I was listening to Wall Street Journal that has a, I really like their, uh, morning briefing and afternoon briefing they do if if you have a smart speaker you can like play their you know morning briefing and um, they also have a tech news briefing i think it was in that where um they were talking about how places like google it just looks like they got ransacked like when people got the work from home thing they took like everything they They took snacks they took their monitors like it's like people were going in at night and like grabbing stuff i was just like well i get it like i don't think that happened Uh, yeah i'm not sure that that happened for us but yeah no it didn't happen at citrus because i've been in since our work from home and like it looks okay but, um, and they also asked us not to take home monitors. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> they told you not to loot the place. Yeah, exactly. I did bring home all my plants too. Like, 
we had we kind of had like a communal team plant area and i just like brought all of them home and i started i remember saying bye to people the friday before we got our official like work from home recommendation on a tuesday but i didn't go in on that monday because i was like yeah guys I i don't think it's responsible at this point and um that Friday before, I remember saying, saying to people, like, see you in a month. Like, <laughs> Yeah. I, I, I can't remember if I told you this, but – or the last time. Is it like, yeah, because I taught my last class on, the like, the Tuesday before. It was actually, like – it was, like – because they told us, like, basically everything was shutting down, like, that evening. Uh, like the la- it was, like, not last Tuesday, but the Tuesday before. Um, and so, like, I taught my last class that afternoon. And I, I just, like – I was, like – I'm not going to see you all for a while. So like, you know, <laughs> I guess this is goodbye, you know, like, yeah, <laughs> it was like, it was super weird and kind of sad. And, um, were they prepared for that or were people still skeptical? I think people were more or less, they were, they feel like, I think they figured it was going to happen. It's just a question of when, but nobody knew it was going to be like that night. Yeah. Oh, so like only the professors knew? No, nobody knew. Like it was like the pre- oh. like the president sent an email that night of the university. Oh, I see. But you like anticipated it. I just figured it was coming. Yeah, I mean. Yeah, yeah. So no, that was yeah. I just I just had like a funny feeling in my stomach that this was going to happen. So that was exactly how. Yeah, and I I have one coworker who's like the eternal optimist. He's like, I don't think it's going to get that bad. I was like, No, it is. Like I, that's like the one thing I feel like I can offer people is like. The confident expert, and again, I don't actually think I'm an expert, but I do think I have expertise in knowing who to listen to based on going to a school of public health. And like, yeah, like just being like confidently to people like that, like, no, you're wrong. Right. <laughs> it's going to get bad. Like, yeah. they're, they're, this is not, this is irrefutable. Like with my dad too, he was kind of like, I think people were in like hurricane mentality where it's like, oh, maybe it'll hit, maybe it won't. And it's like, no, it's going to hit. Yeah. Like there's no there's no scenario where that doesn't happen. The right. only question is like how well can we handle it and how well can we space out the ER visits. Right. But I just think for most people the mental model for a pandemic wasn't there. Well, I mean, and to be fair, like there's nothing to compare it to. Well, yeah, um, like why would it be? Right. And that's where I'm like my training gives me the expertise cuz it's just like I was around enough epidemiologists to understand, like, how it looked, you know? Yeah. 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 Well, I also, but... I, you know, I was talking to someone else about this, how, like, I think the the nature of, like, infectious disease, the field of infectious disease, is that mm-hmm. I, I feel like it's kind of like it happens somewhere else, you know? Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, and I think it's so, it's just like, there are, it's kind of, it seems, the topic seems a little distant um and even with like you know the like the measles vaccination type stuff like like measles like who gets that right you know right um, well <laughs> and, and, and you know it's, and, yeah it's and, coming it, home yeah yeah i know still. there have already been outbreaks like you know little outbreaks here in the united states and it's like but it's like that's it seems very distant um mm-hmm. it seems like something that only happens in other countries you know i think you're right that if i hadn't gone to hopkins i would probably be in that mentality of like like you just have to kind of opt in like there's only so much that you can pay attention to as a human sure so you kind of have to like opt in to and so if something feels far away you might not opt into it and i don't know if i would have or not but because i had to take like an epidemiology class and like you know was around epidemiologists a lot because like biostat and epidemiology interact more than most of the other public health fields 
um, at least in that school. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And so it was like, I, yeah, like, like, you know, I'd already like done equations, you know, it's just like, I was familiar with it. And so I just opted in to knowing about it because I kind of had to. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I agree. If you look yeah. at academia, you know, if you look across even just the school of public health, like it's not like everybody's working on infectious disease and it's like actually it's like, you know, what it comes down to is like everybody's working on chronic disease, you know. Um Right. We're trying to cure cancer and heart disease, you know, and uh Yeah. that's where a lot of the money for research is. Um Right. And it's like uh, the infectious disease stuff. I mean, there's definitely people working on it and they're super busy right now. Um mm-hmm. it, but it's not quite at this level of like, you know, cancer for example. Yeah, you're right. Like, probably even most people there. Like, everyone's required to take biostat class at the School of Public Health, at least for most of the degrees, but um, not epidemiology, I assume. Well, I don't know if it's a requirement, but I think basically everyone takes, like, a level one epidemiology class. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Did you? Didn't you? (laughs) I did. Okay, yeah. 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 I think pretty much. No, and I learned a lot. It's like, yeah, I mean, now that I think about it, that problem, when I say like, oh, I have the training, like that problem, that was like the crash course so that I understood the modeling and you kind of just build the gut intuition in that for like, oh, a small number, like you build the gut intuition for what exponential growth looks like in that scenario. Right. Yeah. Um, And like what interventions matter and like are 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 not are zero i don't actually right are not yeah, yeah yeah and so it's like yeah you learn that stuff and then um but then yeah i just like like nick reich uh was in my office and he worked on flu yeah. type stuff yeah and so i remember one time being like i think i got the flu or and he was like incubation times this like it'd be very unlikely you have it so it's just like i had like exposure like that from experts to like know what what the conversation sounds like when it's going right. You know what I mean? Right. Um, so, yeah. You have a, a quite a bit different reference than most the average person does. Yeah. yeah. And it's, I feel lucky because I never, I didn't go to grad school wanting to go into public health. That just like happened, you know? And because uh, I was interested in stats and biostats is like a big part of the stats world. And so I like, got into Hopkins and decided to go there, you know? So it wasn't like I had a ton of interest in this field. And so I actually learned a ton. Like, I don't even think I totally understood what public health was. Well, yeah, I think that's one of the struggles that we have in general. (laughs) Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like in Biostat or just at the school? Just at the school, you know, it's like, Yeah. yeah. I remember I was part of a scholarship program and like everyone else was so passionate about public health. And I was just like, do, 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 do. Like, <laughs> I like math, you know? Right. <laughs> and we like, we met Bloomberg. Like we like went, you know, and so everyone was like, had really good sharp suits and was like, you know, I remember people, we kind of went around the circle, like introducing ourselves. And I just wanted to like ham it up, you know, like he was pretty like hammy. Like he just wanted to like, like, you could tell he just kind of wanted to like, be a politician and rub elbows and stuff right but um like other people were like this is my chance for my elevator pitch you know and uh i just remember being like wow i don't even like know what i would pitch like it just <laughs> it was like so out of my element i know um, you and i are exactly the same i think in that way like, <laughs> i wouldn't i didn't even have clothes like i had to like buy stuff to wear <laughs> 
Yeah, it's yeah. um. It's... <laughs> but you care about public health, like you like. Did you always know you wanted to go into pollution? No, research? no, no, definitely not. Uh, yeah, I mean, so first okay. of all, like I didn't do biostatistics. You remember that, right? So, um, oh right. I just did like straight statistics, which was like it was all almost all math, right? Um, mm-hmm. So I just ha- by happenstance kind of came to the school to do a postdoc. Like I didn't know anything about public health either, so. Um, I took, I mean, I took the epidemiology one class that you took, you know, it was the same one. Yeah. Um, like, cause oh, like, cool. I didn't know anything about that. I do feel like, yeah, in our last moments of the podcast, I do think that gets, uh, not reported on, or people don't talk about it a lot that like you can develop passion for something like you don't have to like have cared about it since childhood. No, definitely know? not. Yeah. Yeah. Like you find an application that's interesting and the more you work on it, the more interested you get in it and like. You know, you develop passion doesn't come from nowhere. Like it's just like kind of time exposure. Yeah, and also I just for me it's just like talking to other people who are already at that point. You know what I mean? It's like mm-hmm. uh, and just hearing them say what's interesting and why it's interesting and you know whatever. Mm-hmm. Totally. Yeah. yeah, I agree. And so yeah, I feel like one thing that will be interesting from this is that I feel like in the next generation, so many more people have exposure to public health that. I feel like it's going to be transformative in terms of who decides they want a career in it and like the reason why, you know? Yeah. Like, like kids will be growing up like, wow. Like, like it's like just people will know about it like in a way they didn't before. Yeah. I mean, hopefully, (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I, I mean that for like society, not like because I work at a school of public health, but, um, I feel confident that'll happen. Yeah. There's just no way it won't. Like, you have epidemiologists that are like little mini celebrities now. Like, you know, it's just like kids will see people on TV and be like, I want to be like that person. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't, yeah, maybe I'm too confident in that, but. I don't know. I just feel like, yeah, we'll we'll see. I feel like the world's memory has gotten shorter in general, but. Yeah. Anyway. Good point. Um, how we're doing? We're, uh, uh, we're, like, we're, an, we're yeah. like an hour or so in. <laughs> yeah. I feel like that's the show. Mostly just personal updates. Yeah. Okay. 